Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. Welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast. Today I have a ball of positivity with me and her name is Jessica Leiter. Um, but also she's actually better known as Positive Jessica from her personal yeah. development career in the French market where her work is distributed to hundreds of thousands around the world. And as a logical continuation for the one who at the age of 12 wrote, wrote her first book, Jessica has now certified over 60 coaches teaching what she teaches, published two bestsellers and has held small to large conferences and workshops all over the world for over six years now. Her calling and desire is to share with others her knowledge, her know-how, and her experience in order to help you develop your potential and improve your lives, starting by helping you in mastering love. So welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm so happy to have you, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and thanks for listening in. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm really, you know, happy to have you because I think, like, you can give us a very different... Um, different story than probably most of us experience and what I mean by that is that um, you know love seems like it is a topic that accompanies really like your whole life basically like from from when you were born to until now because this is one of your you know missions but um, I would say that you probably had a privilege that not many out there experience like in the way that you did growing up in an environment that really, you know, fosters growth and positivity, this, you know, really unconditional love and following your heart kind of thing. Because I think for most of us, it's, let's say, not always the complete opposite, but at least really not in this, you know, to this degree. And so yeah. I'm, I'm really happy, you know, to give people also, you know, this type of perspective especially when you think about you know for me now that I'm a mom for two years now I feel it's always like so important you know what do you want to give to the next generation maybe you haven't been able to experience it but if you were able to give that to your kids you know mm -hmm. how would that look like and so you know um Tell us maybe yourself, you know, how was it like when you were, when you grew up, you know, what kind of environment did, were you raised? Mm. So that I can remember. So, yeah. um, so my parents are divorced and I was very, very fortunate. I should say, uh, when my mom, um, on my, uh, my stepdad who became my dad, I'll, I'll refer to him as my dad. Um, because that's what he was. He raised me. Um, he was extremely, 
positive and, and was in the personal development world, right? He's author, speaker, trainer, and also publisher. We published Tony Robbins' book since mm. I was in Deep Born. Um, and, and, and very other, various other authors. So, so the environment at home was like that. And it felt, it felt amazing, even though the first few years of my life weren't like that at all. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, regardless, we all have, even if at home, there's always school that can challenge you. There's always, um, prof even professionally later, but even growing up, it's, you still have the limiting beliefs. You still have the doubts. I traveled a lot. So I was born in Switzerland at the age of around seven. My parents got together. And when um, I was about eight, nine years old, I moved to Portugal. Mm -hmm. um, and in, uh, when I was 16, went back to Switzerland. <laughs> and so I never felt like I belonged in school. So mm -hmm. even though at home it felt great and that is when you say, you know, what could I, what would I provide to the next generation? One of the things I've always said is I want to grow up and be like my parents. Mm -hmm. I grow up and be like my parents. And one of the things that my parents really did have is that drive to do what you love mm -hmm. and love what you do. And if you want it, my dad always said that because I would say, oh, I want this. I want that. See, if you want it, if you really want it, you'll have it. You'll find a way. Mm -hmm. And if people don't have what they want, it's because they really, they, it's not like the, I am going to die if I don't have it, need, right? Mm. Because we find ways to find what we want. But I don't know if that answers your question, of, because it's so, it's so, for me, I, I feel like I had a normal childhood, right? Yeah, because course. I can't, I have another one. And I can see the contrast definitely before when I was with my, biological father and my mom or my dad and my mom and it was it, it's definitely a, a difference it's a very big difference to have support to have love to have presence mm -hmm. to have understanding and encouragement so what were the, the first six years of your childhood like um a lot of fights at home um my biological dad is, um, without putting too much energy in it, somebody who's not very happy in life. Mm -hmm. And you know, but the, the, it's very interesting, like with what you and I preach, let's say. Yeah. What's very interesting is to see somebody who, who used to do things because he had to or mm -hmm. thought he had to. And to fit into this mold that society or his parents or whatever it is, um, because I can I can say with all my heart he is not a happy person mm -hmm. in his own life, and therefore created a lot of tension in his marriage and with me and my little brother. And so, and I can see the difference with my other parents. <laughs> I'm lucky yeah. I have more than one, more than a pair. <laughs> Um, is that they they pursued what they loved. They created a life that was fulfilled. A lot of times we feel like it's a selfish thing to do. Mm. But in childhood, and if you think of like your kids and, and how they're going to grow up, to have the, to see your parents happy and fulfilled and doing what they love, and that was my environment with my stepdad and my mom, it created an, an incredible um home, an incredible feeling of 
safety and 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 opportunity within my family. Mm-hmm. While as my my biological dad, who wasn't pursuing that, mm-hmm. who would say it's extremely selfish? He has said that, for for example, maybe some of you listening. You're very much into what we're talking about, but maybe somebody in your family isn't. I've had so many clients that way. And um, even it could be your spouse or anything that are completely against personal development. My dad and uh, my biological father, he would say that what I do is I teach people. Mm-hmm. I rob people and I cheat people. And which is the total opposite of the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Because for him, self-growth, self-empowerment is something that is selfish, that is, I don't know exactly his terms, mm. we don't really, I don't get into it, there's no yeah. point. Um, and and uh, I let him add his truth. And the good thing is to know that if you do have somebody like that in your life, nobody is wrong. That was such a gift for me. Mm-hmm. Nobody is wrong. We're just each living our own life and our own reality of our own sets of beliefs. I believe we should do things that make us happy. Yeah, so. me too. <laughs> Yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm curious to to hear. I mean, if if you want to get into that, because um, what I'm curious about is, you know, how how and if your mom has changed, you know, from let's say the first um, phase of your childhood to then the second phase with your stepdad, or did you always see her, you know, wanting to pursue what she loves, but maybe she was just you know like held back in that sense from your biological father or i mean can you even remember or you know i'm just I think curious she did in a way yes i can so it's 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 a very it's a very good question um so i would say that she did she had the hunger to to she, yeah she had the definitely the aspiration to be more, do more, have more, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what growth is about. Yeah. Um, and that's why things didn't really work out. And she was a very hard worker and had uh, her way of wanting to pursue things. And so I don't think she was held back, but I, it definitely got to a point where she's like, I can't stay mm-hmm. here anymore. And it, so maybe I would have to ask her. It's a great yeah. question. From my understanding of what happened is she got to a point where she She didn't want that for her kids. Mm-hmm. She didn't want that for um, for herself. Yeah. And and it was a very, very difficult decision for her to make at the time. You know, I don't know who, you know, where you're listening in from, but it's it definitely in the Portuguese community and in Switzerland, in the, in the town we were living, the divorce at that time is extremely taboo, mm-hmm. extremely taboo and, and not something you do. Really, like my grandma would be like, "No, you have to try things out. You come on, you want, you know, don't don't do that." Like it was very frowned upon, and she definitely was little black duck or black sheep. I don't know how the expression yeah. goes. Um, when she did that, so she had to even confront that. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was something that everybody did. If you listen in New York, I feel like everybody's everybody's getting a divorce. <laughs> It's like it's not it's not like a big deal, you know. Yeah. So it's it's uh, and and no judgment. I'm just what the point was that I she had to overcome that. So it wasn't a, an easy thing for her to do. Mm. So I guess it got to so much pain or so much suffering or so much just like she just said yeah. no more. 
And uh, not that he was abusive or bad or anything. It's no, just, but it's a very different kind of energy. Yeah, and you know, I'm asking... and then with my stepdad. Go yeah. ahead. No, I'm. I'm just. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm curious about that because it is just like you know, kind of. I don't want to say the typical situation uh, from what was going on, but I'm referring to, you know, let's say the soul level, the emotional level. And this is why I feel yeah. like for myself, this podcast is so important because whatever, let's say, the struggle is or the challenge or the circumstances that you're facing, you will always have those factors that tr that want to hold you back from you going after what it is mm -hmm. that you love. And so... Um, I she still did. So even that, that was, I wouldn't think that's the reason that she left. There were other, definitely other factors. Um, but I did see a difference. So she was very set in one way in terms of fear driven. Mm. And she's always been that way. She's still that way. So the very interesting aspect that it was all uh, about building and saving and very, um, fear, fear driven, mm. which isn't healthy. Um, so she did pursue her dreams. There was a lot of fear behind it. And and the dreams were kind of determined by the fear. And then when she was with my stepdad, it, it, it's an interesting dynamic because he was extremely positive. Very He's very successful as well and very um, in, in terms of fulfillment, successful mm -hmm. and, and fulfilled. And, and I could tell that slowly she definitely um, shifted that. She shifted it in terms of how she spoke to my brother and I. She sh mm. The influence was definitely there. You are influenced by the people you hang out with. No, that's this, just the fact. Yeah. And, and definitely I could see the shift, even though it didn't change her, but I think it fit her more. Like she was definitely it's like, this is what I need. Mm. And she felt it. And I think you feel it. You feel it even for the first few months. You feel it. You know, even sometimes we don't like to listen to it, but we feel it. And and then my stepdad actually passed away in 2012, so a few years back, and that was a big reality shock. And I think since then, she's even grown more and is more open and more into personal development and even more. So it's been an incredible journey for her, definitely. And I, that's why I think she's always had it in her. But being surrounded by that was definitely very helpful. And what did that teach you, for you, especially, let's say, as a woman, growing up with all of that, you know, what kind of messages or, um, let's say, beliefs did you get out of that, of what, you know, life is all about and what is also possible for you from what you've observed? Mm. Everything is possible <laughs> for me. I feel like anything, right? It's, just, it's, it's determining how bad I actually want it. Mm -hmm. it, it really, that's it. It's, it's, it's how bad do you want it? What are you willing to do? Um, and, and, and in the long term, you know, we're in a society, especially my generation, it's all about instant gratification. Mm. And I can see myself, I see that. And, and I have the voice of reason and they have, and I, I have, so for me, what it's done, I have the, what would my parents do? And if we don't have our parents, you know, a lot of us don't have that. Like you said, it's kind of rare. You have mentors, you have the, this podcast. Yeah. Keep listening to it. To, to keep having that around in your life, whether it's at home in your family or whether it's, you know, as, on a podcast yeah. or, or doing courses or something, whatever works for you to just keep in getting that information, keep 
staying close to the, that kind of people, that kind of energy, that kind of energy yeah. is so important to have in our life. And for me, that's one thing I learned that was major. And then the second thing is, and, and, and I could see that even in my mom, the whole, like, even, so I did, I do this thing. I'm a master trainer for the passion test program mm -hmm. and we help people get clear on what they want and live the life they want. And first, the first process is putting in order of priority what matters most to you, to the person, mm. right? Yeah. Sometimes, especially when we're mothers, we have a family, it's putting our kids first, our husbands first, right? Yeah. Not us first. Mm -hmm. And the system really helps define exactly what matters most. And, and they have a hard time. Some people have a hard time with the results yeah. because you can't get in the way of the results. It's a very easy process to do. It's a very authentic from the heart process. Mm -hmm. And when, so my aunt, uh, bless her soul, she's amazing. Um, I love her. She, she got the result and she got angry at me. She got <laughs> angry. Was that? <laughs> um, years. I mean, years. She's, uh, we only have 17 years of difference with my aunt. My, my grandma had her a little later. And, and so it, it was really interesting to see that she got in she's like no you don't understand you don't have responsibilities you have you don't have the children at the time I was just like I, I wasn't even married you're not married you're not this you're not that and 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 it was really interesting to see that reaction to someone who's been around my dad for so many years yeah. <laughs> and even working with him I was like what It was right after he had passed away, and, and I must admit that we, we went through some hard times, mm -hmm. you know. It, and and, um, and so I could I can understand where it came from, and, and I love it. So, and, and for her, it's, like, it's selfish, she said. It's selfish for me to think about this. Right now, I need to think about my daughter. And one thing that I, I, I eventually portrayed and... and She came to that understanding because you can't make anybody understand mm. it. They, you have to understand it by yourself. Yes. So I couldn't push it. I just had to go along with it and just say, well, it's the results. Maybe it'll change. Maybe, you know, it is what it is. You can follow them or not. This is what your heart is telling you. And it, it's, it's so interesting that, that in today's society, like in, in our world, we think that taking care of ourselves is selfish and secondary. When we can be a better mom, We could be a better uh, employee or business owner. We could be uh, a better person, a better lover, a better partner, a better totally. everything when, when we're filled up. It's, it's so important. Yeah, it's really like p things around you can only improve once you improve, you know, yourself because you're like a direct influence. And like you said, if you, you if your cup is empty, like who are you going to, let's say, serve the water? Like, you can't. Your cup needs to be all the time full. It needs to be overflowing because otherwise there will not be, like, any. And, and there are certain things as well. Can, do I have time to tell a little short yeah. story from a client? Of course. So it, 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 I love this story because there are certain things we just do not understand. Mm -hmm. And it is okay not to understand. We have all these concepts. Right. Follow your heart. Do what you love. If you like you said, so right. Like if your cap, cup isn't full, how can you give? How, how if you don't have love within, how can you give love? Right. It's all conceptualized. And and, and, and throughout this process, for example, with the passion test, one of the gentlemen in, in a workshop, 
his um, his wife was in work. And I always say, don't do this process with people that you know. Um, because, you know, when you have to choose between the Ferrari and the wife and the Ferrari comes up, there's a problem, right? <laughs> but this gentleman, this gentleman, I, I that was the thing. He wanted it when his life was ideal. He would be driving a Ferrari and it was some kind of model. Don't ask me to remember. Um, and, and having an amazing relationship with his wife. And through the process, he felt and he saw, like, the process doesn't lie, and and he was a, having a very, very, very hard time that he even cried that he preferred the Ferrari over his life right now. And 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 I could understand the pain. And I said, listen. And he's like, my wife is going to kill me. We we saved all this money for some, for a trip or for whatever. Yeah. Uh, our savings, I don't recall, it was years ago. And, and, and if I buy a Ferrari, she's going to divorce me probably. Like it was a huge like mountain of problems in his head. Mm. right the whole like i'm selfish thing and i said you don't so the, the thing doesn't say that you have to buy the ferrari tomorrow go test drive a ferrari make yeah. some baby steps towards what you want to do and then see what happens and this had been causing issues i found out later i didn't know about this because this was at a workshop and um and when i followed up and he explained that they had been months months of tension around money and around how to spend the money. Mm. I mean, who, like, in today's world, we either have um, discussion around money or sex, or both. <laughs> <laughs> or educating your kids. It's, it's like a lot of the times that's what it is. So you probably can relate if you're listening to this. And so they were having a lot of tension because he wanted certain things. For example, the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And so he went, and he test drove a Ferrari. Like I told him, mm-hmm. one of the action steps was we put in action steps to, you know, take them closer to the goals that are doable. Yeah. And and what's it? I, I every I tell this story all the time. He went to test drive a Ferrari, mm-hmm. and guess what? He didn't like. It. He hated it. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was too low. The seats are not comfortable because he was a tall guy. Yeah. He just he's like, oh my gosh, I am. How done with this? I hated every second of it. And guess what? He came home and realized that his wife was amazing and that and, and it brought him closer to her because they stopped fighting around money and where to spend the money they had put in their what we call a dream bucket or bucket yeah. of like to spend stuff to do or like extras. And, and and it just it made we burst out laughing and, and I love this story because mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know. This man could have ended up having a divorce just by simply getting into discussion oh, yeah. with his wife or, or being very angry in front of their kids or whatever result it could have been because of that tension because he was not following his heart. Mm. Your heart, if you listen to it, will tell you, will direct you on the steps to take. And then it could have been another thing. He could have decided that on his passion test, it said Ferrari. And even though he didn't like test driving, he would have bought him anyways because the paper said that's what he liked. Passions change. You move on. If you feel like you're don't like they're not aligned anymore, you redo the test. I mean, it's that simple. You really mm. and and for me, it's for some, it's meditation. For others, it's prayer. For others, it could be whatever it is that you do to find 
what matters to you inside and what your heart is telling you, do it, please, please do it. Yes. <laughs> and um, so what has been actually your passion and what, what has your heart been telling you? Has it, has your passion actually changed from when you were younger to where you are now? Yes. Yes. I would say yes. And certain aspects, no. Mm -hmm. So there's some fundamental things that make me happy. For example, what I'm doing right now. I love talking. I love sharing about things that matter. I love giving advice if, if it's asked of me. You know, I, um, I was helping a client on something the other day that has nothing to do with technology. Mm -hmm. And at the end of our session, she goes, oh, you know, my work phone and my personal phone isn't working. Like they're not thinking or, or they are thinking they're using the same Apple ID or whatever that is. And so it gets really confusing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, do this, that. And, and you can figure out how to do this. It's really easy tonight when I get home, if you want, I can, we can screen share. I'll help you out for time, five minutes. And, and that's who I am. So that has not changed, right? Fundamentally, you need to see like what brings joy into your life that you do regardless, right? What is it that you do regardless of whether it's in a professional level or not? What brings you joy? And, and for example, that's one of the things that brings me joy. Being around people. I love being on stage all my life. You know, I, 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 my mom would laugh and still make fun of me today. She goes, She says, she's like, I don't know how you did it. Every time we went on vacation, we would go to Club Med, we would go to, and they had like these kids, yeah. like the kids, um, the kids time, and it's the time they would put on a show for the parents. I always had the best role. I, like, I was always the star. I don't know. She's like, I don't know how you landed always to have the main role, but you always, you figured it out. Like you were tiny. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing. Like it's. I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm answering the question without being prepared at all. And it's, it's really coming to mind because, and, and anybody can look back and answer that question. Like what has been your passion since you were little that you're now still doing and still love? So for example, those are two things that come to my mind, but there are other things, right? For example, when um, I, I studied hospitality and event management in college, mm -hmm. Um, I love certain aspects of it. The hospitality industry was just not for me. Working in hotels, I did my management trainings. I did very well, and I was just like, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then see ya. <laughs> I, yeah, and then I wanted to be um, in an entrepreneurial in environment, so mm -hmm. I, I looked for a mentor, and it was still similar to what I felt comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So I love this diagram that um, at a seminar I learned. If you if you draw a little dot. And then you draw a circle around that dot. So the dot is you. Mm -hmm. The circle around that dot is your comfort zone. Yeah. Right? And then you can draw a second circle around that initial circle that's not too far from it. Mm -hmm. There is your safe, you know, out of, it's, it's like not, not your comfort zone. It's right outside your comfort zone. But it's not your danger zone. Yeah. Sometimes we're stepping like miles away from where we're at. And that's a danger zone. The reason why I say danger zone is like even though you're moving towards your passion, even though, you, for example, the danger zone would have been buying the Ferrari. Yeah. The outside my comfort zone is, and, and, and the safe zone, that would be test driving the Ferrari. Mm -hmm. right. So that's what I did. I, I, um, 
I didn't move completely out of the um, hospitality industry. I went into co-working centers and, and mm-hmm. like we work and, mm-hmm. and business centers that I'm opening new business. So it's still a service industry. It was still, however, I was the right hand to the owner. I was building, I was doing more business and entrepreneurial aspects, mm-hmm. right? I didn't go like, ah, I'm out of college. I want to have my own business. Ciao. I'm going to start on my own. Yeah. Right. Which is fine. If that's for me, that felt dangerous. That, yeah. that for me was a zone, and you and could I, feel it. And I think yeah. this is like the problem for for many. First of all, you know, when you identify, let's say, oh, you know, as as a kid, I don't know, I love dancing, right? But then, like this, right after that, the thought is like, but you know, I can't make a living of dancing, and like, I'm not a professional right. dancer. I'm not this. I'm not that. And um, you know, society has has taught us that certain things, you know, it's like you're gonna live as a poor artist or you're, you know, all those kind of ideas. And then right after that, it's like this this let's say danger zone, like you say, where where your mind is like, fuck, I'm in freaking survival here. I can't do this. I have to go back. And um, it's like this this ex- let's say for us perceived extreme step where you, even if you if you dare to go out there after a couple of weeks, your your mind will do everything to get you back to that, whatever safe job or to that, you know, familiar thing. And so what yeah. is maybe even some advice that you can give from your own experience that has allowed you to, you know, take those, those little steps, just like one, one more circle outside, just another circle and, and navigate yeah. towards, you know, what really gets you on fire. So that's a great question, um, and you're right on point. So the the number one thing is the people you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. For me, it's um, whether it's a mentor, whether it's uh, a friend. Um, you know, for example, in a relationship with my girlfriend, she um, and, and we do the mastering love programs where we teach relationships, um, mastering relationships, um, where she was explaining that. She was very attached to this relationship and to this man, and she knew for a fact that he was not um, healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell if you're in an abusive relationship or if you're in a relationship that is just definitely not serving you. And it's still scary to leave. It's yeah. still scary to get out. And what she did is um, she had a very good, and she didn't have a dad. Her dad had passed away. She needed, what she needed was a strong, like, male figure that would be there no matter what. And she did. She said, you know, she had her friend, um, and he was like, whatever you need, you know, like, just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm there for you. Like, I got you. And, and she felt safe. She felt that, <laughs> excuse me, if she needed a place to stay. If she needed some money, or it, regardless of what it was, she had people that can help her, mm. and um, and even though she didn't use it, I mean, she she just called for advice and had support, um, and same professionally, same professionally to have support, whether it's listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. whether it's having somebody to call. Um, a forum or in a Facebook group, whatever it is to have support. Um, and then uh, to talk about baby steps, like how do you determine what's a baby step and what's not a baby step, mm-hmm. right? 
it's like, is it too baby? Like, I remember a time where, like, I got introduced to the concept of, concept of baby step. Like, how do I know what the baby step is? Is it, uh, is it like a, like a one inch baby step? Is it a one plus baby step? Is it like a one mile baby step? Like, which one's a baby step? Because, of course, I have these big dreams, right? Yeah. And um, I went with my heart. So it's whatever feels scary, but doable. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel scary, then it's not outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Feel scary, then it's definitely outside your comfort zone. If you believe you can do it, like if some part inside of your heart, you're like, yeah, I could, if I really put in the time, the energy, mm-hmm. the effort, the dedication, I can do this, right? I can do this. And so for you, like... um How did how were you able to let's say create that environment for you? Was it mainly let's say because of your parents? Because really, you know, like you mentioned before, they were in the personal development industry and really successful. Um, yeah. So were they no, a huge contributor, or how did you how did you create like that environment for yourself mm-hmm. that was pushing you, that was helping you to you know move forward and uh, believe in yourself? Yeah, it's a great question. I've never really thought about it. But it wasn't. It wasn't at all because of my parents. So little insights, um, like going back in time. Mm-hmm. I started in the personal development field professionally myself when my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. I, four days before my passed away, and my dad passed away, I actually told him, I was like, okay, I think I need, I want to do what you do just differently. Because he was very introverted and really the way he, he I wanted to be on stage all the time. And he was always at home. <laughs> of a computer <laughs> what he did didn't sound interesting at all yeah. so I went to the seminar gosh I really like this I'm gonna do this <laughs> and and um and he and, and four days later he passed away and it got it got a little time to get back on my feet but I still I still went ahead and did it so all the time before that I was never really involved I wasn't involved mm. in listening podcast i had never gone to a seminar i hadn't really read book personal development at all so how did you get there um it it was just always like you know when your parents like what did like your parents did like you grew up maybe if they're architects you kind of Mm -hmm. hear about architecture a bit like once in a while at home at the Mm -hmm. kitchen table it's kind of there but you're not really paying attention to it Mm -hmm. that was my case it's like it was there i didn't really give it that much value because i didn't realize the value it has Mm -hmm. i was a kid i wanted to do my own thing and i was brought up to do my own thing Mm -hmm. to follow my heart so I was never really that much into it. My mom sometimes would say, why don't you work with your dad? You know, a lot of people would pay a lot of money to me. And I would say, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and so so how did I do that during that time? And, I, and I'm not going to say I'm perfect. I wasn't. I definitely had friends that I shouldn't be around. And I noticed that much later. Uh, probably even today you know it's always learning yeah there's you're always learning always learning and you take and it's, it's also hard to, to be that way of saying oh i'm only going to be surrounded by people who lift me up and be very strict about that because at the end of the day you're not going to end up having any more friends <laughs> um you know because somebody might be very very good at one thing and another like one i have a friend she's so much fun um 
extreme, extremely knowledgeable. She's in PR, a total artist, mm-hmm. like a tornado of love and fun. She is the most un, um, like she, we can't schedule stuff with her. It's just no, no way. She says, oh, we're going to do this. No, it doesn't happen. I mean, they have to be like in the spur of the moment. Yeah. And she needs, you know, unless she really, really commits and it's like she takes it on like a professional thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and a part of me is like, I don't like that. I don't like people who just show up when it's convenient for them, mm-hmm. you know? So I could have said, oh, no, I don't want to be around this person. Mm-hmm. That's not how to do it. It's it's taking the good and seeing the parts that aren't maybe as, I wouldn't say good or bad. It's, it's just don't serve you. Mm-hmm. You just no- notice, are they not serving you or are they harming you? Mm. She's not causing any harm whatsoever unless I give it energy, unless I want her to be something that she's not. Mm. Right? And so, so like, punctual. She's not. She's not punctual. It's fine. I just, I can't expect that from her. The moment I start wanting things to be different than reality is the moment I start suffering. And it's all on me. And then there are people who you know are causing harm. Mm -hmm. Who are hurting you. Who you're crying all the time. Who your energy, every time you spend time with them, it just totally drains. You know, you walk into a room. And yeah. you're not feeling so good, and they're all happy. You feel amazing, um, but then you walk into another room or spend like two hours with this person, and at the end of the day, you're like depressed. Yeah, it, 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 those are indications that you can mm. you then know. So, how what has helped you to you know uh, foster and maybe you know create the sensitivity around you know people? I mean people who help you i mean in the way that they either have let's say the experience or knowledge that you know can be beneficial to what you're looking for or people who just you know energetically help you to stay let's say on track or energized for what you want to pursue like how do i how do how i did, find those people yeah how did you like develop or or find those people for yourself mm. that's a very good question how did I find you, you interact with people all the time mm-hmm. you interact with people all the time for me it's being open so I'm very um, social mm-hmm. Not, I wouldn't say some of my friends are definitely very social butterflies and stay in touch with everyone <laughs> I'm not that good um, but when you see me in person, I'm present and I'm very like I give like like right now I'm I'm you know I'm all your guy guys and nothing else happens I'm here and present and it it gives me I'm sorry for the noise there's like sirens and stuff and it might get louder I am in New York City <laughs> yeah they're gone away um, so so if first first step is meet people meet a lot of people just meet mm. people. And talk to people. You're in an. I'm in an elevator. Elevator. I say good morning. I say good afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I've been friends meeting them in a hallway somewhere. <laughs> so it's like first be. And I smile a lot. Too. Mm. I smile all the time. I'm a smiley, happy person. And and that's how I say hi. You know, there's certain people that say hi by talking and kind of ignore. Me, like, I look someone across the room, and for me, my way of saying hi is to smile. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then, so, because I have that openness, I'm open 
to um, talking to anyone. Yeah. It could be someone you feel that is um, extremely successful, or maybe you know even somebody who lives on the street. I'm I'm open to talking to anyone, and then so that's the first step. Then I would say the second step, like how do you you know determine who you want to stay close to or who. For me, it's always about providing value. People who ask me questions, like—it's I, it, a kind of a feeling. If I feel good with this person, and I can, I can help them. They can help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my project with Prima with uh, Mastering Dot Love mm-hmm. and relationship programs initially had started because I had a lot of experience in the personal development world and in the coaching. I've certified over sixty coaches. I've done other programs, published books, I'm a bestseller, et cetera. So, and, and she had a lot of experience in um, the spiritual realm and, and in relationship as well. She went through some challenges and learned a lot. And, and we were having a um, vision board party. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever spoken to that on your podcast, mm-hmm. a vision board party where we, we put down images of what we want to create in our life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she wants, and I knew that already, she wants to be a coach and she's also an NLP, NLP practitioner, mm-hmm. um, was to develop relationship programs. And the initial um, thing was I said during that mastermind party, I mean, that, that um, vision board party, that vision board party, I said, oh, I can help you out put a program together. For me, it's very easy to put a workshop together. I have, con- you know, give me content. We'll, we'll we can arrange it. I could spend an afternoon. You know, she's my friend. She brings value to my life as a person, mm-hmm. as a, like as a friend. It's like, oh, I love doing that. Let me help you. Mm-hmm. And we sat down, and I don't even know how it happened, <laughs> but we said, "Well, let's do it together." And we started making these workshops together, and 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 the beautiful business relationship was born out of that. Yeah, right. It, it that's how things organically grow. You can you you just you're there to give. You're not there to take hmm. ever. Um, I'm a very curious person, so I ask questions and, and I share. I sometimes overshare, but who knows what's oversharing? <laughs> and 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 people love that, or people don't. I don't try to be somebody else. So, for example, somebody who I admire, who I'm like, oh, I'd like to really be close to this person. And if I'm acting myself and it doesn't really flow, yeah, right. Or it's it, it, it's I'm not going to change who I am because I believe that they can bring something to me. Mm. That's the wrong way of going about it because you're in there to get something. Yeah. Relationships are not to get stuff. You're it, it's a it's a giving place where I'm there to give and the other person is there to give. And that. and at times one of the things that can happen is people then take, 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 take. Mm-hmm. So that's been the biggest challenge for me. I think that um, the way to build this circle of, of having the support system is to be there to give, to be yourself, to be your authentic self, to give. And then, and then I would say the second part of that is notice when people are just taking, 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 taking. Mm. And you're... And you, there's no longer that much value. And so, um, you know, your mission is also to to help people find themselves, which is like directly related to that. And um, on your website, I think it says um, that 
you when when your dad passed away like this has been really a life-changing moment for you and um it also somehow helped you to really to really like get to that place yourself like getting to know yourself so what have been maybe some of the you know biggest beliefs or fears stories whatever it was that held you back from actually being yourself or what was that situation about with your dad fear oh it, it, it so you're totally right being in that environment all my life i never thought i would have any problem that i wouldn't be able to overcome mm-hmm. so i grew up with that beautiful um environment where i knew the any challenge that would come up, I'd have my dad. You know, it, it was unconscious. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a safety net. It felt like a safety net. And I would definitely be going, like my my safe zone was definitely a lot bigger. Mm. When you think about those two circles, it was a lot bigger. And at that time, it could have been somebody else's danger zone. Mm-hmm. But because I had the support, because I had that, Um, and it's all psychological, really. But it's, it, you got to feel what you feel, and 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 the things will come up. And it's not about judging them; it's about embracing them and growing past them or through them. And so, when when my dad passed away, so we were very well off. And when my dad passed away, I had stepbrothers, and um, it soon came clear to us that um, they wanted to take everything away, and they succeeded. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. I went from heaven to can I afford my brother's college? I have to move back to Europe. Mom's not doing well if I'm not there. Like, it's, she's also not going to be much behind. It was a huge reality check. It was a huge challenge for me. For me, it was like an existential crisis. I remember, like, that's why I said I had to get back on my feet. Because I remember sitting in the bathroom, no windows, everything closed during the day. My One of my family members was also not doing too good. Was like We were in a fight and we were yelling over something so stupid. And, and I'm sitting in the bathroom, cold bathroom floor. And I'm sitting there, I'm crying. And to the point where, you know when you cry so much and your eyes get like super swollen and yeah. you can hardly open them? It was that bad. I mean, I was, yeah. And 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 I had the question, but like, what what's the point? Like, what's the point of my life? Like, what's the mm-hmm. point of doing this? Of carrying on. And I'm not saying this to say, oh, you know, for me, it's we all have, we've all had, or may have moments where yeah. it feels like that. And 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 it could be, and it's not about comparing the situations of you know. You know, everybody loses their parents at some point or everybody loses their business. It's no judgment about it. It's how you're feeling. So yeah. if you've ever felt like that or you feel like that now, it's it's about answering that question. What is worth it? Like, what is it that actually matters? And, and for me, yeah, my my, com- my, my, my face zone definitely got smaller, mm. but it was still there. Like I did, that's when I decided, had decided to just, instead of just getting a job, which mm-hmm. was the safe thing to do, to have my own business and start the Positif and start Positive Jessica and do the passion test and now do what I'm doing and travel the world and live my dreams. 
because I answered that question and it was a huge shift and it definitely was not a pleasant experience. You know, they say the, I heard the story, there's this, like, the caterpillar before it becomes a butterfly mm-hmm. gets into the cocoon and um, it, it literally kills itself. Like, it, it disintegrates into lava. It's like complete, you know, <laughs> it's like goop stuff. So it, it's a caterpillar and it kills itself to be goo. To the in an environment where it has no control whether it's safe or not. It's in a cocoon, mm. but it's the right tree it picks. If it's, you know, it could be eaten at any time. Um, and then uh, once it becomes a butterfly, it's the most painful process, apparently, for it to get out of that cocoon mm-hmm. to then be able to fly and be free and be a beautiful butterfly. And so I, I always refer to that experience as I was a, I was a very happy fulfilled um, um what do you call it um, caterpillar caterpillar and I went through this process to then become a butterfly <laughs> and so what I mean what was really you know after you had that crisis and you had that moment and you were able to answer your question which is I think already far ahead of many um, other people in life who feel let's say lost or unfulfilled where did you take that courage from to let's say you know fuck it I'm gonna build my own business I'm not gonna go for the safe option and especially after you know really um realizing that really that safety net that you could rely on before was all gone like where did you take that courage from yeah So I went into, it was still my safe zone. What I, what I mean by that, so um, to give you specifics yeah. so that it, it's a little clearer. So you have people who are, so I, I was in a situation where I was going about to invest in a business in the United States. Mm-hmm. I was going to start my own company and and, and um, go through all these seminars to learn the business before joining my dad. Um. And, and that was definitely a danger zone. I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't. I was still working on my on my paperwork and spending all that money on visas and stuff mm-hmm. when I had to pay for my brother's college. There was just no way. That would definitely would have been the danger zone. So my safe zone definitely got smaller. And going back in Switzerland, I was able to be under unemployment for a few months while I was looking for a job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was on unemployment for three months. So that three months gave me a little revenue to start to make my website. So I still had a little bit of security. So it still was, it was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It was an unknown. And in my head, I was like, I can always go back and get a job. Mm -hmm. I could always, you know, if it doesn't work out in six months, one year, I could always come back and try and get Mm -hmm. a job. So it was still kind of one foot inside comfort zone and one foot outside with the safe zone. And, and so I started the business and then, it, and then it got the time to really make a decision. So while you're under, under unemployment, you have to ask for permission to leave the country. You can't just go on vacation. You can't go. Mm-hmm. So otherwise you're not wow. looking for a job. Therefore, they give you the money. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the <laughs> It's very strict. I love it. Um, and so I had to make that decision and I had an opportunity. 
which is completely different. It was in uh, multi-level marketing mm -hmm. and I was curious about it. And somebody they wanted to fly me in, especially with all the contacts and stuff that I had. They wanted to know if I wanted to bring that brand into the French speaking market. That didn't pan out because I didn't feel it would be, it wasn't definitely not in my safe zone. It was some, something really new. It didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. um, but that, so then I came back, but I was invited to do um, some conferences and speaking engagements. So I started doing that and it, it slowly started to grow and I felt comfortable, but I had to make a decision. I left the country and no more unemployment. But during those three months, I had managed to, you know, accumulate a little bit of safety net and feel comfortable enough that I can pursue that. So it, it really is the, you just feel what, what is your comfort zone and what feels scary yet doable, mm -hmm. where you're not going to put yourself or your family in danger. And so what were, so you mentioned already some of the steps, but, you know, For somebody, for example, who would be interested in starting their own coaching or seminar business, you know, what are some of the steps that you can, you know, recommend, you know, starting out with or what are some things that people should pay attention to in order um, to create a successful business really that they can live off of? So it, it depends on everybody. So I have an example. One of my um, facilitators, mm -hmm. she used to have a full-time job and she became, she wanted to be a, a, a fashion desk facilitator to start her coaching business. Because what we do, we don't just give content and then people have to make their own business. We teach them how to give the workshops, how to structure a workshop, how to do the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a, a kind of a business in a box for her and she felt very comfortable. But I didn't say quit. Don't quit your job yet. Mm -hmm. Come through the certification program. Start doing workshops on weekends. Start doing things in the evening. Mm -hmm. And and see how it feels from there. It, I didn't say go from there. See how it feels from there. Again, remember the Ferrari story. You know. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like I tried the MLM. I went. I got invited. To fly. They flew me out to Florida. I had a great week. It was super awesome. I stayed at a friend's house. She lent me her car. It was amazing. Um, and when I went home, I kind of dabbled on it. I tried a few things on the weekends extra mm -hmm. um, on top of the personal development stuff that I was always also trying. So I was trying a few things. And, you know, I started with Monde Positif. I started, I did the multi-level marketing and then I had thought of it of death again it kind of evolved from there and I think the steps are really to first try it out see how it feels if something else takes your interest see how it feels and go for what feels best mm. and then focus on that don't don't like go everywhere in all directions all the time because then you'll always be doing that um And I believe that's one of my challenges is to like narrow it down because I'm so multi-passionate. <laughs> right. I love the passion test because it keeps me on track. <laughs> um, it does. It, 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 um, just keep, you know, if you don't do the passion to do meditation, whatever it is that you do to get clear on what matters to you, do that practice all the time and then take baby steps. Take things, You know, starting the evenings on the weekends, 
um, I was, I went back to living with my mom. Mm-hmm. I was fine. I was single. I was young. I was, you know, it was fine. Yeah. It doesn't feel very nice to say I'm living with my mom again. But it, 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 at the same time, you know what? It was amazing. She would make me, like, I'd be working all day. She'd come bring me lunch. I didn't have to cook lunch. I didn't have to tidy the house. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's, I would say if you want steps, I would say first get clear on what it is that you want. Um, look at an action plan that makes you get outside of your comfort zone, but not in your danger zone. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means to you, and you'll know. Um, and then, and ask for advice, ask for advice, get around yourself by, with people and, and don't, and one of the challenges also people have is they don't think they're good enough. They're not good enough to talk to so-and-so. They're not good enough to ask for help or they're scared to ask for support. And I, I'm still there sometimes, especially with somebody I really respect and admire. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, they, they're not going to have the time. And I find all these amazing excuses of why they won't want to help me. So I don't have to ask the question. And one book I recommend, I was just listening to the audiobook, is Mel Robbins' Five Second Rule. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Say five, four, three, two, one. Just ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> so do that. Tell, count yourself internally. Five, four, three, two, one. And just do it. Send that email. Ask that question. Ask the support. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, what's the worst that can happen? Get the exact same results than if you hadn't asked. Exactly. And uh, really what I've realized for myself in the last couple of weeks, it's just like, you know, you, we always somehow assume like the, let's say the most negative result or like, uh, they I don't know, like asking somebody, right? It's like, oh, uh, they will, I don't know, they won't like it. They will find it boring or, you know, think blah, 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 blah. And then actually, you know, people get back with a lot of, you know, um, positivity or like, you know, yeah, I would love to, you know, and uh, or or giving you feedback on like, you know, how great the work is that you're doing and stuff like that. And it's just like and then you're like, wow, I would have never expected that, you know, but this is also like you never know what the upside can be. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would you say is like your your approach or your uh, let's say mindset when it comes to um, starting new business ventures, like, like, can you, can you give us a little insight into your, into your brain? Like, how do you, how do you approach things? I mean, do you even think much about it or is just like, you know, yeah, why not? You know, like with the, yeah, I'm not with, with Prima, I mean, like, I think about it later. Yeah. I think about it later and, and I go with the flow until something feels off. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder, is it fear mm-hmm. or is it intuition mm-hmm. or is it um, doubt? What, what it like? I, I go into the feeling and and then I, I, I use my brain. Um, and sometimes I don't. For example, um, I had um, I had a big list. So because of all the support from my dad's side in the French market, a lot of people wrote in and signed up to support my mother and I because they were aware of what was happening. And, and even and I never knew what impact my dad had, and I don't think he even knew. Mm-hmm. Even people in the United States, people who are famous, people who are in the movie The Secret, wow. have written saying that my dad was amazing. So I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know that many. So I had a lot of, um, so I had a big list. When you mm-hmm. talk about mailing lists, you know, when you're in the industry, like a lot of emails, that's very valuable. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, a lot of people would ask me 
to do affiliate deals. And the way that works is mm. I promote somebody else's program or do a webinar with them and then get a commission on it. Mm-hmm. And I was very, you know, the people that are listening to me and they wanted to support me and my dad and my family um, were there to hear about things that, at least for me, I valued that they gave me their emails and mm-hmm. I value that they want to hear from me and, and therefore I wouldn't ever share something that doesn't align with my uh, my ethics and what my message is and this gentleman who who was known in the industry I didn't know I didn't know anybody really because I just heard about them I was never really involved and so this gentleman was doing a thing doing all the big marketers all the big personal uh, development figures in the French market where um, we're doing a deal with this guy. And I just spent like 15 minutes on the phone with him. Even my mother, my mom was like, this is going to be huge. You're going to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing? And I procrastinated a lot on answering, on whether I wanted to do it or not, and the launch. And until I told, I, I think internally, I was like, no, I don't think, I never said I would anyways. I yeah. was always has a set off the ELC because that's what I would say. So many people would come to me. And even the same with him. And he found it very weird. He mm-hmm. said, well, so-and-so is doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I understand. I also have other things planned on my calendar. I didn't do it. I had no intellectual reason why not to. This guy had yeah. been successful. He was famous. His program seemed like he was, it was great. Turns out, months, months, months. I had completely forgotten about this. I see uh, an article, and then I inquire about it. I spoke to my mom about it. I spoke mm-hmm. to my colleague. He had totally cheated a bunch of people out of their money, and what he was selling, he did not deliver, and it was a huge, like it was bad. And mm-hmm. he actually got accused of doing a Ponzi scheme mm-hmm. and spent time in jail. Wow. So I'm not saying like I'm an end all, no, but your heart, your intuition will tell you yeah. if something doesn't feel right don't do it it wasn't fear it wasn't fear it was you can tell the difference it wasn't fear it was just no no i don't i don't feel like it like Mm -hmm. i don't feel it like there was something and i didn't know what it was and i couldn't put my finger and it was annoying me that like like and i was i was even angry at myself like why are you procrastinating why are you not just doing this like what's wrong with you kind of that like self negative Mm -hmm. stuff pops and that was a beautiful moment that I always remember when I have these moments because it was so clear. So a lot of the times you don't do it and you don't realize what could have happened if you did. Yeah. And, and this was a great, that, that's a great example. And so one of the, so that was an example of how to go so towards just, one, yeah. uh, go away from one. And another was Prima, that, that gave you the example of how it just started because some, I don't even know, we should probably said well, do you want to do this one with me? Or I said, I'll help you out with this one. I don't even remember how it works. And then we decided on the name and we decided on this and we got very excited and yeah. motivated and passionate. And, and, and it went on from there. And we've been, it's just, we've been doing a ton of workshops in New York City. Uh, we've got some coaching clients as well on one-on-one because that's how we can help out the most. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's been a lot of fun since then. And what... What is the, let's say, the level that you could really, you know, because I think, when did you start um, the Positive World or Positive Jessica? Or I started all this in 2013, okay. in the beginning of 2013. So can you share, like, just, I don't know what kind of, uh, let's say, um, yeah, indicator you want to use, but, you know, just to 
um show people a little bit of course you might like you said you you had some contacts from your dad and stuff like that but still you were responsible for making you know for taking or making use of that for growing it for turning it into something um so where have you been able to you know grow this business of yours in the last six years so i would say you see it's it's interesting that you mentioned that so even though this all these people came and signed up because of my dad mm -hmm. i'm not very good i would say there are people who are a lot better than me at uh, managing a list and and being more present and regular and 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 doing the online marketing that's why my dad was so good mm -hmm. he he spent hours in front of the computer that's what worked for him he preferred you know he wrote tons of books with a different pen name yeah he he had a, i don't know what you call it in english but he had a he had a few names where mm -hmm. he had even a whole business and website that it was somebody else's name and and, mm -hmm. and it was all legal he had registered it but even his, the emails and when he passed away people were emailing to that person yeah saying i hope you're doing okay mm -hmm. we know that very close to my dad mm -hmm. and, and we hearing this and we're like oh my gosh <laughs> this is who he was I would have never done that I'm like I'm in the front of the stage I'm always everywhere yeah. I'm like yeah. um so so I wasn't even that good I'm not I'm not that good at, at managing the email list I'm mm -hmm. so bad I'm terrible I should I should have some, I have somebody else now that's going to be helping me with that but that gives an example of how a lot of times People see what others do and they're like, oh, that succeeded. I'm going to do that for that person, mm -hmm. like that person, even though it doesn't feel something they're passionate about and it doesn't, mm -hmm. it's, it's really not who they are. Like me spending hours in front of my computer planning and putting emails together and it's just not me and I should delegate that. And I, I am, and I have, I have delegated that. And so, um, the thing that I was very successful at, uh, was, so I would start, The key people, I would give the the content that I have. So, for example, I started off um, as a facilitator, mm -hmm. like as a as a passion test facilitator, among other things. But it was something that really helped me define what I wanted to do in my life right before my dad passed away, mm -hmm. and it helped me all my life. And I really wanted to share that in the French market. So I started as a facilitator, just doing workshop. I had my first workshop. And and that even that that was scary. I priced it. You know, we we now price the workshops at like ninety dollars or something. And but but then I was like, it's the first one in France. I'm charging three hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. I charged three hundred dollars for a four hour workshop. There were people that flew in from Belgium to Paris to um to do the workshop. Wow. And the night before, I was freaking out. <laughs> I'm doubting myself. And I did the workshop. I didn't do the selling at the end. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, like, tell them what the next steps are. But yeah. I was so scared that this get valued. I was comparing myself to my dad. And I was, I had all these, like, things going on, right? Yeah. It was my comfort zone, but I was definitely, it was my safe zone, but definitely outside of my comfort zone. And, and, and not my best workshop. Definitely not. But I started somewhere. Yeah. I took a risk. It was scary. And I did that. And then people loved it, gave me great testimonials, especially the guy that had flown in. He's like, I love it. It's great. I was, oh my God, yes. <laughs> and it could have been, I could have had negative feedback. 
and yeah. that'd have been okay. I would have had to like change it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, shoot, maybe I can't like price it too high or I did this, you know, and, and just adjust. And then I started um, sharing with key people that were curious of the passion test. They were curious of the content I had to teach, but I knew they had a following or I knew they they could support me if they liked it, mm-hmm. right? So I, gi- I would give all of that for free to them. Mm. I give my content, my time. I would coach them for free. I would just, mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, of course, I'll share it with you. I remember we uh, we had a networking event and uh, we were all on this sunroof somewhere and um, in the evening. I spent like five hours coaching everybody that was there, giving them the plus. And I loved it. And they loved it. And and out of all of them, two, one did a webinar with, no, three, one did a webinar with me and uh, then promoted me to his list. Mm-hmm. And that brought people who signed up for my program. The second person um, did a webinar. It didn't really turn out anything. Nobody bought much, maybe one client or something, not much. And then uh, third, about a year and a half later, I maintained the conversation. We were really close. We were helping each other out. I spoke to um, about, I think at the time, it was like 350 people mm-hmm. that he had a, a, a little seminar that he did. And I did a, a one and a half hour uh, talk. And all the talks I started doing for free. Like I would, I would be, and I would be allowed to pitch mm-hmm. at the end um, my program. That's what I did. And people seeing me in person signed up, signed mm-hmm. up for this. At that time, then I grew when I was doing these big engagements, uh, speaking engagement. And then I did one for 600 and then I went, did one for 1200 Like it's, it, it just kind of grew every time. It was a little scary. Yeah. And I sometimes I would say like, oh, what, what am I doing? One opportunity that showed up was I did – <laughs> they're just they're just telling us that this this episode is on fire so <laughs> don't worry we take it we like feedback um so the the um the um by the time i was doing the big speaking engagements i had already um cert- become a certified facilitator and becoming a master trainer so I was holding certification programs mm-hmm. so people then wanted to do what I did mm-hmm. and started doing that but it, it just it felt right oh yeah this is what I wanted to say before all the noise um <laughs> got distracted is that I one day I did my passion test and I said I want to be the French Oprah mm. not kidding me two days later I get a phone call from this gentleman and so my name there is Positive Jessica mm-hmm. this guy's company was Positive Media And what he wanted was to do a bunch of online summits and have a bunch of interviews with the top, top, top experts in the in, in several industries. For example, one was relationship, the other one was finance, another mm-hmm. one was uh, all these different really interesting, um, like wellness and meditation, like all these very interesting areas that I love. And they say, we need somebody to be our Oprah. He literally said that. I was like, okay. So in, a, in, in, in two months, I did 149 interviews, in, um, and I was traveling along Belgium, France, Switzerland, Canada, and um, Spain. In two months, 149 wow. interviews. I had two bags. I remember my would call me in a hotel, and he's like, where are you? And I had to look for, you know, in hotels, they have, like, those papers or the envelopes to know what yeah. the address was. <laughs> I forgot where I was. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. And I would never do that today. Today, somebody offered me that. I would never do that. I don't want to do that now. It's not something I want to do, even to build my, my, like, after that, we had millions of views because every expert was going to mail out on each summit. And each summit had at least 20 or something interviews in them. So can you imagine everybody mailing for that? And then the only face they see that's constant is my face yeah. all the time. Positive, positive. And I did that too for free. I, every, my expenses were all paid. Yeah. And I had my business to run. And I had other things. But I saw the value and the fun that it would be. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And then at the end of the day, after a while, I was just like, this is a great experience. And I'm glad I did it. And I'll never do it again. It was extremely lonely too. Yeah. You're all, all two huge bags, like suitcases and like tripods and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And sometimes I can't even have a technical team with me. And and it, it just feels right. For some of you listening, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, I would have died. I would never do that. <laughs> you know? And others are like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I'd love to do that. It, it, it just feel what, like, feels good to just take the chance. And, again, it wasn't putting me in a danger zone. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, the message from from the beginning, which I really loved, you know, just try out how it feels, how it suits you, like the Ferrari, and um, then decide after that, you know, whether this is something that you like or not. So if if it doesn't work out, it's bad. It just means that maybe you need to adjust or if it doesn't feel like it's the next thing. And one thing that I also like to, you know, emphasize always is like... um, we really all don't know what 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 options are out there because our mind is limited it's limited from what you know you've experienced from what you've seen but that doesn't mean that you know there aren't like a gazillion other things out there that you know also have to do with in that case you know talking to people or interviewing or communication whatever or if your art is your thing you know you don't always have to be a singer a classical singer or a pop singer pop star in order to be successful with music there's like tons of different things and sometimes you just have to i love theater i'm not doing any theater you know i love theater i did a bunch of theater when i was a kid and i i would pull i remember i would put like selling the on my and they had and i can't sing i can sing in the shower that's about it And I would picture myself every time I'd go to sleep. I remember my mom was like, you're going to get deaf when you grow up because she listens to the music so loud. And I would put the music and I would hear her sing and I would imagine myself on stage and singing and being the star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kids do, right? And my parents didn't say, and I was very lucky in that aspect that my parents didn't say, like, come on, you can't sing. Or, um, <laughs> like, you know, it's just, or they, you could, I could feel it. When they thought I couldn't do something, they wouldn't say it. I sometimes could feel because you could feel. Yeah. But they were still like, okay, try it. Like, go for it. Right. And you know, and the child on their own, like, I knew I was going to be a singer. I had the dream of being a singer, yeah. but I never imagined that I could be sitting like in front of a stage, a big auditorium, and, and, and talking about stuff that I'm passionate about that is so easy. Like, right now, having this conversation, I could talk like this days on end. Like just this is the beautiful thing. You are using your voice, you know. You're not singing, but you are using your voice and you are communicating uh let's say your own kind of song. This is your message, whatever you want to share with the world. And the most important is to know that it's you don't need to know. 
I didn't know as a child or, or I don't know what I don't know today of what I'm going to be doing in five, 10 years. I'm, I'm starting new ventures. I'm starting new things. And, and I could say, well, you don't know how to do this and you're trying this stuff, but like, you don't know where it's going to take you. This is true. You know, his love for Ferraris, maybe now he helps, maybe his kids is now, I have no idea, but it, it, could, it could be anything. It's, it's like, just allow yourself to dream. Mm. And you don't need to say like, oh, I can't think, so I'm not going to pursue that. Just continue dreaming. I love that. Because and, and, and we don't dream too yeah. enough. We don't dream enough. We don't allow ourselves. We always, you know, keep yourself realistic. This is not. I'm dreaming all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And the feminine energy, we're really good at that because we can project things a lot easier. We've got an advantage on that aspect. If, if you really are do. in your feminine, many yes. women. This That's is a whole other topic, topic that yes. we could talk for hours, but. Um, yeah. If you come we back, we can have to, Prima to, and I on the show, and we can talk about that. Yeah, that's one of the focus on during our workshop, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, if there was one message that you would like to, you know, any woman to hear or to know, something that you consider is very important or is near and dear to your heart, what would oh that God. one message yes. be? So, so for me, the latest one that just past few years, and I think there's a movement around it, which is so beautiful. It's You're not alone. Mm. The, this sisterhood is so huge. So huge. Yeah. It's so necessary. It, it's like, oh my gosh, love your sisters and your, like all the women in your life and understand that we all have fears. We all have issues. We all have our past. We all have our way of seeing things, our insecurities. We're such beautiful souls. We can be such. Can I swear? Yes, of course. <laughs> We're gonna be bitches. <laughs> we can. Yeah, and the worst so thing is don't be one. We're... Don't be one and understand those who are. And I think the worst thing is that we're bringing it, you know, to ourselves. And I don't mean like me to myself, but we to us as a as a community or our sisterhood, right? Instead of this is why this podcast is also so important to me. It's like champion each other. If if you know Jessica can do it, and she you know she's shared with me what shit things she's been going through, and also her great uh, you know wins, it shows me that I can do it too, and not that oh who does she think she is or she thinks she's something better now or you know all those kind of stupid things. Yeah. We need to champion each other more and help each other more. Yeah. And understand that your sisters and the, your support group are not there to do it for you. No. They're yeah. there to support you, to encourage you, and to give you resources or even refer. But you got to do the work. Yes. You got to do the work. And, and it starts with self-love. It starts with um, self-appreciation, self-love, self-understanding, and forgiveness. Self-forgiveness mm. is yeah. so important. I think I get two last messages. The first is, you know, the power of, your sisterhood and how important that is mm -hmm. to stay united in that aspect. And, and of course I include the men too. I mean, I say sisterhood because it's, it's, I find that um, in the past people are a lot easier to like be friendly with guys yeah. <laughs> and between ourselves, there's a lot of exactly. cat fights um, and it doesn't need to be. And it all starts with self-love. Yeah. Self-love. Oh. And one thing else. Not self like pity. 
self-love. Yes. Very big difference. And one thing I always like to close off is I call it the three nuggets of wisdom. So if uh, if you could share or, you know, um, yeah, share three messages, three pieces of wisdom, you know, from all the experience that you've had um, and everything that you know now, what would be three things that you would like your six-year-old self to know really about life or how to go through it? My six-year-old self? Yeah. That, that would you feel maybe would help her? Um, I would say like something along the lines of it's all going to be okay, but not that way because this is it's all going to be okay. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, definitely follow your heart. Mm -hmm. That would be one. Follow your heart your heart and uh, you're good enough mm -hmm. we forget to talk about that so much and, and I did too and I think I still do like you, you're good enough you're good enough to achieve what you want you're good enough to be people that you want to be with you're good enough to leave things that are not serving you you're good enough um, and um, I would say continue mm -hmm. for myself For those who, who have lost that spark, to have that spark, to have that joy, chai flu, chai, uh, child, oh, child, childlike, childlike, um, playful energy. Mm. For me, that's been, it's who I am. It's, it's be who you are, be who you yeah. really are. And who you are is what the moment, if you think of, if you're like, well, who am I? I don't know who I am. And and you could tell your six year old self is well, what makes you laugh and smile? Yeah. What makes you really, really, really happy? <laughs> right? That's who you and how are you when you're doing like what are you doing? Who are you? What kind of mm. person are you when you're doing that? Oh, I'm friendly, I'm nice to people, I I'm on stage. <laughs> <laughs> singing. <laughs> Or painting. I think I started a painting. I have a, a, another thing that I do, uh, my positive art. Mm -hmm. that's, that's mypositiveart.com I started a positive like infused art mm -hmm. and I follow that it's my hobby it's fun so I did too many paintings and people are like you should sell it I want to buy some so I made a website <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> do yeah like like do what you um, what brings you joy and who you really are is the person when you are the most fulfilled yeah. that's who you are I think that makes three, right? I don't know, I lost count. Yeah. <laughs> For example, who I am is not good in math. <laughs> and so where can, you know, where can people find you? Where can they find more out about you and work with you? Oh, my gosh. I love that question. Thank you. Um, so um, www.mastering.love. That's with everything that's uh, towards relationship. I mentioned my partnership with Prema. And uh, we know each other for two years and we've been doing really, really awesome. Uh, we're, we will be doing online workshops. So for those who are not in New York, that should be fun. And we have an online program coming up too, all around relationship, whether you're, we have a, a track for singles and a track for um, people who are in a relationship. Mm. Um, if you want to learn more about the passion test, you can, um, or, or about coaching or other stuff in terms of entrepreneur. I'm also a business coach. 
I, I do a bunch of things. Um, just my email, I guess you can email me mm-hmm. at um, Jessica at positivejessica.us. So if you're an English speaker, Jessica at positivejessica.us. If you're a French speaker, then you can do the .com. But regardless, I'll see them all. That's great. <laughs> it's just the .com. I have an assistant um, taking care of the first email. So it's better to just do the .us. Perfect. So everyone, go out and check the course, uh, Mastering Love, and uh, you know, send Jessica an email with in, if you're interested, you know, in working with her around all the topics that we discussed today. I'm really yeah, sorry. If you have any questions, if you want some support, anything, yeah. I'll be happy to chat. And um, I'm just so, you know, thankful and appreciative of you being here, like really so open and uh, with such a high energy and, you know, letting us really in into concrete things that you've struggled with, that you've, you know, mastered. And uh, I really loved it. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too, please share it with your network, friends, and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrivepodcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.